Hey everyone, welcome to the Superview Show's Mixed Bag, live here once again on YouTube. I am joined by my good man, Bill Murphy. Hi everyone. Bill is joining us once again. So tonight's topic, I'm going to let Bill do all the explaining once again. All right, but guys. Go ahead, bud. Hey everyone. This is it. This is the big one. For the past couple weeks, oh we've been God. doing this or that. Like two weeks ago, we did... Billy Joel or Elton John. Last week we did Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty. Here we go, folks. This is the big one. The big kahuna. The one that can either make us really good friends or the worst of enemies. The one that could possibly we might have to change our names and we may have to fake our deaths, change our names and move somewhere. That's how big this one is. Oh, yeah, baby. We just want to say this is all opinion. Yes, all opinion. Is, none of this is fact. So if you agree with us, great. If you don't, no hard feelings. So without further ado, you know, first, I want to talk about my childhood. I was <laughs> born in a log cabin. No, I, okay, you know what? We're just going to cut to the chase here. Tonight's this or that is the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. If you didn't understand from last time, with a little help from my friends, we need a lot of help tonight because the Beatles and the Rolling Stones is a big debate. Oh, it is a big one. This literally, this literally is... if you if this goes on in a lot of classic rock circles. Of which one is better? Am I right, JT? Bill, there are so many times that I've actually questioned this myself. This is what we're talking about tonight, ladies and gents, children of the jury, master of puppets, whatever. <laughs> ladies is, and gentlemen, oh my god, this is the one. I, I get it, folks. You are scared. So are we. This is a hotly debated topic amongst so many fans not just classic rock fans but movie uh sorry music fans in general it's just a it's one of those topics oh yeah like, this is crazy. this is going yeah so we were gonna get a bit we were gonna get a a panel of men in bow ties <laughs> but nobody but nobody was free tonight so yes we, we tried we definitely we tried we, but we don't have a paddle and i don't have and i don't own any bow ties so we definitely tried to get some satisfaction tonight <laughs> but, <laughs> but i'm paying. you know what they say jt you can't always get what you want but if you try sometimes go to okay we got two people we got joe wiley's watching hey joe and he's finally back you know him you love him he's finally back after a hiatus matt hemsley's watching mr matt hemsley welcome to the chat board our number one or two of our biggest fans all right yeah. guys oh my god here we go so is so who's gonna get all our loving and who's not gonna get what they want this is gonna be one of the most hotly debated things we've ever done so you know what let's stop stalling and let's just get down to business. Bill, who do you want to start with and why? <laughs> I think, um, who do you think we should start with? Let's 
start with the Beatles. I think we all things should begin. I think we should start with the Beatles. Everyone, unless you've been living under a rock, you know who the Beatles are. You absolutely know who the freaking Beatles are. You know the Fab Four. John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr. They were, they first started as a group called the Quarrymen when John Lennon met a young man by the name of Paul McCartney. And then later on, George Harrison was in the group who was a very dear friend of Paul McCartney. Yep. And their drummer, Pete Best. Oh, yeah. Eh, poor Pete Best. Uh, so unfortunately. <laughs> and then um, when they met their manager, Brian Epstein, they decided to ask Pete Best and, repeat, and replace him with a man named Richard Starkey, known as Ringo Starr. Ringo. Peace and, and love, man. Peace and love. Peace and love. Like, there's a joke they make of him on how it's heard, Peace and love. Peace and love. I'm not going to sign anything but peace and love. Um, so, and, you know, they started playing in Liverpool and in Hamburg, Germany, and started with great numbers, such as, I saw her standing there, all my love, and she loves you, and the one that really put it on the top here in the United States, I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. Oh my God! So great. But and which started a huge thing known as Beatlemania. Oh yeah, the some of the crazy times. Cultural, the probably one of the biggest movements in music history. Yeah, or in in history to begin with. Like it wasn't just a music thing; it was a pop culture thing. Like they were everywhere. Like you gotta, you gotta remember too. This is back in the sixties, right? Nineteen sixty four. Like when Hard Day's Night comes out, great song by the way, great album too. Have to say, truthfully, the Beatles were. I was watching a documentary one point, and the guy there was a, a guy who said he lived in a black community in the somewhere in Harlem, and he said the Beatles were in their their neighborhood. Like this group from England literally was everywhere, everywhere. Crazy. And don't forget, they came at a time of music when there was, where this was basically the, as a lot of music historians would call, a very dark time in music. This was when sort of the Elvis thing was sort of, I don't want to say dying because he was always big, but this was when they say the time between Elvis getting drafted and the start of Beatlemania was a very dark time in music. It was mainly bubblegum pop. Yep. Well, there was some good music being made at this time. Of course there was. There was, oh, there was a lot of good Motown. There was There was the Beach Boys and the Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Shout out to those two groups. Yeah, but I think the Beatles just... They... Because they were very inspired by Elvis. And, oh, yeah. But they were the first person to, like, they were the first band to bring, like, that British rock to America. 
Correct. And this was like this was absolutely like Beatlemania. Like, what can I say about this? It's like, you know, it's one of those things, JT, when you have so much to say, but you don't know what to say. You know what I mean? I completely agree. Help me out here. Don't let me do the whole thing here. Um, no, no, I got you. I'm listening, and I'm going to help you out in a second. Yeah, but, okay. So, and the culture even, and they even started more in 1965. Oh, yeah. When the Beatles played at Shea Stadium. Correct. Which was the first rock concert played at a played at a played at a stadium. Yeah, that was the first. They, they, the Beatles did so many firsts in music history. They did so many first things. They played at stadiums. They played at. They, they were the first like UK group to really hit number one in the United States with the first song with "I Want to Hold Your Hand." This is I, like they were they were the they were the first band ever to really do a lot of firsts. The first like first time that you know i'm trying to think of one off the top of my head uh they're the, they were the, the first group to really start experimenting around with rock and roll they were experimenting around with other like with certain albums like revolver sergeant pepper we'll get to that in a little bit like you know there's so they are they are known for their experimentation over time and for, as from the earlier stuff from Liddy, meet the beatles which I, I actually have a record, a vinyl record of it. I actually have an original pressing with the Mount Rushmore cover, and it is amazing. I've listened to it, and it still sounds timeless today. Like, it sounded so great back then, but it was amazing today, too. Um, and these, guys, these four guys just took on the world. It was crazy. Um, but honestly, they were the first to have mainstream, like, cultural phenomenon, like, everything and they sold like, i'll give an example they sold merchandise bill i don't know if you knew this they were the first band or first artist in general to sell to sell not just vinyl records like the actual music but to sell like merchandise like t-shirts like uh, uh books like you know they were the first group or musicians to do so ever i don't know if you ever knew that like they, they were selling toys they were selling your the beatles hair designs like the mop the mop top hairstyle you know like all this stuff like there were people like it was insane and uh, the beetle mania was just everywhere and these guys were like a, literally a cultural phenomenon and like, look at the time frame that they lasted to just I mean, not just with beetle mania like with like the, the early stuff like please please me she loves you yeah 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 right like they actually i'm not kidding you when i tell you this all of this happened in seven years if you really think about it, the Beatles changed. Well, it's a bigger discussion than this, but the Beatles pretty much changed history in seven years. Can you believe that? I I can't believe it because they were such a revolutionary group. Yeah, like they were like, and you know, I, when I was talking about them at Shea Stadium, I want to give you just one quick little tidbit here. Um, I have sure, a family ahead. friend whose father was an NYPD cop and he and he was a traffic cop at Shea Stadium and he was there the night the Beatles were there. Wow. And he, he, really? he was screaming from the parking lot. 
Like he he wasn't in the stadium though. He was just outside of it. Yeah, he was outside. He was directing traffic. Oh, sorry, I missed that part. Sorry. <laughs> he said you could hear the screaming from outside. That's insane. Like he, you 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 don't even see that today. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it is just so. And you know what? Like a lot of people think, you know, when we see bands playing stadiums and stuff, we're like, okay, that's common. Like these guys are the ones who started it. Yeah. And, and they, it's crazy, guys. And getting on when you were your point is, is like, listen, I know friends and family who aren't big fans of the Beatles. That's okay. We just pray for them. But anyway, <laughs> we just pray for them. <laughs> we great. pray for them. But anyway, um, but but you whether you like the Beatles or not, you have you cannot deny the cultural impact they have had. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you like them or not, you ha- you cannot deny how much of an impact they've had on popular culture. Like in in movie comparison terms, the way Star Wars changed filmmaking, the Beatles changed music. It's just the truth. Yeah. And if we go um yeah, so you want to go album by album? All 12? You have all 12? Oh, my God. No, I don't. I was about to say, I was like, what the heck? Yeah, I have, I do have a couple of original pressings. Of I have Meet the Beatles. Oh, let's do this. Let's do Meet. I'll show you. I, I'm not going to go get it because I'm on camera, but I will show you guys it. I have this vinyl over in my collection, and it was like for 20 bucks. There's that one right there. <laughs> This is one of the ones in my collection. I have a Hard Day's Night, but it's not like an original pressing. Uh, It's it's an original pressing, but it's not the same cover. I have, I forget the discography. Like like the other, I have I have Revolver, Revolver, Revolver. I think Revolver is very underrated. Oh yeah, and like this is when they started getting like no, actually I should say that this is I have. I don't have an original pressing of it, but I have this. We'll get to this. We'll, I'll, I want to touch on this because this is one of the big things that I think about a lot. Rubber Soul was a fantastic record. Like, to a T, all right? This song, had, this one had In My Life. This one had Drive My Car. Drive My Car is a bop, okay? You want to talk about guilty pleasures? That's a Beatles song. That's a guilty pleasure. Baby, you can drive my car. Yes, I'm good. Yeah, it's so cute. Catchy. Beep, 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 yeah. It's amazing. I love that song. And when I'm in the car, I actually go beep, beep. But that's, that's the point. Um, um, like Rubber Soul changed everything. And Bill, I think I think it's a, I think we can go off the beaten path just a little bit and explain the connection with how Sgt. Pepper came about. You want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, you, I think you might know more about this. Um, Do you want me to explain it to you? Yeah, can you? Yeah, sure. So, look, okay, long story short, everyone, to make a very long, condensed make a long story very short brian wilson of the beach boys heard rubber soul and immediately came back to his to his group the beach boys and made pet sounds yes pet that sa- is true. that's true pet so sounds pet- was actually the response to rubber soul and what was the response pet sounds is a brilliant album oh even what- paul mccartney loves it it's his favorite he, one he of said, the- he said yeah. pet sounds is like his favorite album one his, Christmas, he got all four of his kids a copy of Pet Sounds, and wow. he told them, "You do, you will not know good music until you listen to this album." That's just a good one. 
it's a fantastic record. I was also going to say too, not just this, but the so Rubber Soul got Pet Sounds and Pet Sounds got Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Direct result. It's the absolute truth. This is a direct result that, actually. of that. Yeah. So see, you knew more than you thought. <laughs> With Sergeant Pepper's and I do have saw Paul, album, by the way. I do have I it. do too. I have it too. I don't have an original pressing of it. I do have I do have a, a re- reprint of it though. And the the iconic cover of Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band is so so many famous figures on there and all that stuff. It's fan it's a fantastic record. Did you know like what figures they had on there, but they took them off? No, I don't know that. There's certain that things about the Beatles that I don't know, believe it or not. <laughs> they were actually gonna have um Jesus on there, but that was around the time when John Lennon made the infamous we're bigger oh, than yeah, Jesus. the Beatles are bigger than yeah, they were bigger than Jesus, which he actually said the whole freaking thing. And I mean, no, but he, he the funny thing about that though is that he said that and they he, he didn't even mean it like though in a religious aspect. He was just saying how like we're more he was trying to make the explanation that the Beatles were taking in people more than churches. That's all it was. And the, the, but then like when certain groups across the United States and across the planet took that the wrong way, they're like, oh wow, you know. So especially that was in the South when where that yeah. you know, the Bible Belt. Yeah, so I mean, the people in the and South. And I watched a documentary on that that was like from like no, they were actually sponsoring. No, it got. Do you think? Okay, this is a quick side tangent. Do you think the response was warranted, or do you think maybe it was a little bit of an overreaction? The response, I think, it fit the time of like the when the Beatles like actually when John Lennon said that. I really do believe that. I really think that John Lennon said that he was just casually said that oh, the Beatles are bigger. Beatles are bigger than Jesus. Well, in the reality, Jesus is not like. Well, like here's what I mean now. Um, you know what I mean? But you know, like for instance, radio stations were holding Beatles bonfires when they when people were yeah, they bring records. Like yeah, do you, do you think maybe that was a little? Do you think the response was warranted, or do you think maybe it was, or do you think maybe it was a little bit of an overreaction? I think that John Lennon, you know, I think the whole thing was a bit of an overreaction, but you got to remember the time too, it was the 1960s where there was so much going on in general. I mean, yeah, I, well, I, mean, was like I think the whole big culture war, you know, and you know, that was like sort of the big start of like the sort of like the hippie movement that was going on when you have like the 60s. Yeah. Of, Peace and love. This wasn't, that wasn't going on just yet, but the whole, free love sexual liberation and then you have basically the you know the 1950s leave it to beaver times and yeah it was like a big clash and yeah i think it was a little i think it was a bit of an overreaction but again you got to look at the time yeah, I mean, the time was the 19, literally from 1965 to 1969, the world changed. Yeah. Just so, the truth. Here's what I've always said, and I've said this before. So, from 1960 to 1965 was basically the 50s 2.0. From 66 to 70, that's when the 60s happened. Yeah, like the true 60s. Like, and the people who live through it know the time. They're like, oh my God, this is crazy, you know? Yes. So, um, anyway, like I said, do you want to go album by album or do you want to go? 
What do you want? Well, here, here's what I'm thinking right now. Let's look up. I'm thinking about this right now. The Beatles albums. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna look up Sergeant Pepper. And, but I will say, Sergeant Pepper is fantastic. It is. It's a little. It's, it is. It's weird, but I like it a lot. You know what I mean? Um, hold on one sec. I'm just gonna pull it up. Um, the Beatles. Okay, their discography. They only released. Tw- they released twelve albums in the in uh, where, where, where is it? They released twelve albums over the course of their career. Um, studio albums when they were all alive. Please please me, which has one of my favorite. Like I, I differentiate them up a little bit. Like, well, let's listen all first. Please please me with the Beatles. A hard day's night. Beatles for sale. Help. These albums are what I this section of the Beatles. I would call them like this part of this this part this part of their career. I would call this the lovey dovey boy girl love song pop Beatles. Right. Oh yeah, I can see that. Like, you know, that's the whole love me do all my loving. Yeah. She loves you. I saw her standing there. Hand. Yeah. So, um, I was gonna say though, Rubber Soul changed a lot of it. It, it, it introduced the idea as the album as a complete statement again, because uh, typically a lot of albums were just a one hit song and a bunch of filler. This was the album. Rubber Soul was the album that really introduced how the whole album is a complete statement more than just a couple of hit songs. I feel like it was like, I feel like their sound starting with rubble, rubber soul. I can't talk today with rubber soul. I think it started to change. Right. I think it started to change in all honesty, but but I think it started to change, but I think it was sort of half and half, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some, there's not cheesy songs like I "Drive My Car." Was, I think I it was it up, sort but. of like half. What you call it? Um, it was sort of like the half lovey dovey, cheesy "I Want to Hold Your Hand" sound. Yeah, and then but, it had like the grittier sound. Yeah, I'm trying to think what what are the tracks on. I know that like "Drive My Car" is on there. I know that um. In my life, great Beatles song is on. I like that one a lot. Oh, that is like uh, that is a timeless classic. Norwegian Wood was on there. Uh, Michelle is on there. What goes on, girl? Uh, where is it? If I needed someone, if I needed someone, it's kind of like the transition from pop Beatles to like, like now it's going to it's very underrated. By the way, it is. If I but, needed someone to love, this was the yeah. one that. I think like this was the one when George Harrison started emerging as a song. Of course, I completely agree. The Nowhere Man was pretty good. I like that one. Um, There's a couple that I haven't really heard in a long time, but Michelle is a great one. Um, What Goes On was actually sung by Ringo, believe it or not. Uh, He didn't really, In My Life was a great song. Um, Anyways. And, and I think what the thing is, is that if you listen to that, song, you know, it's about John Lennon reflecting on his life. Yeah, no, that's true. And, you know, the um, part I think that really just makes me think is, you know, that some are dead and some are living. In my life, I love them all. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I mean, 
Uh, Rubber Soul was great. I mean, one, once let's go to the next one. Let's go to Revolver. Okay. Well, we have the opportunity Revolver, to. I actually think it's very underrated. Really? Okay. Revolver, Tell me why. I actually think it's pretty underrated. Like, yeah. But you know, it does have some. It does have some good ones. Um, it does have some good ones on it. Because, you know, it has the big ones. It has Eleanor Rigby. Yep. I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. Um, not the biggest fan of Yellow Submarine. Fine. Not a problem. But um, I like it. My, it's kind of it's kinda, it's a little weird, but I like it. My favorite song on that album, though, is actually Tax Man. Really? Because I'm a tax man. Yeah, I'm a tax man. That was a you know what that was about, right? Yeah, that was about the um the British taxes. About the British taxes, like um, like the the whole the ah. Mr. Wilson, ah, ah, Mr. Heath. Those were the two um, British prime ministers at the time. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I just love that song. And like I said, that again, this is the start of George Harrison's emergence as a songwriter. I mean, he did Tax Man on this. I mean, he loved you too. He did I Want to Tell. He, that was really it. That's really all the ones he sung. Um, you. That is full of. That is a really good song. Yeah. Um, so good. These are great. They're all great tracks, too. Oh, they are all great tracks. You know, as they start like changing up their style here, like, they go between like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Uh, I like God. Remember when we saw McCartney? He uh, played God got, got to Get You Into My Life, which was great. Yeah, you know what that song's about, though. Do tell. Really? It's about that? It's about, I think it's about that. That's what I've heard. I gotta Fact get check. you into my life is about pot. Fact check. Let me see. Got to get you into my life. <laughs> um, really? You don't believe me? No, I, I I believe you. I'm just like really like that's in shock. I was alone. I took a ride. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. Actually, I'm always right. <laughs> no, I'm not always right. No, I got you. Yeah, um, that song, my friend, is about pot. Crazy, almost hard to believe. Yeah, so I would think like um. Revolver was sort of the beginning of sort of their more grittier sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of their more grittier sound. They started getting very, like, uh, very different, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. It like, was uh, sort of like the beginning of their more grittier sound. And then we have Sergeant Pepper's magical mystery tour i would say that was probably more like their psychedelic i mean with a title like magical mystery tour you know that's that's pretty like trippy stuff <laughs> you know i like the title track a lot magical mystery tour i like the title track quite a bit i think it's one of the one of the best songs like 
they did like in that era, if you know what I mean. Uh, I'm trying to find the track listing. Uh, like the song, the song Magical Mystery Tour. Roll up, roll up to the magical. You know, I, I love that track. I really do. I am the walrus is on here. I am here. You are here. You are. I wonder who the walrus is. John Lennon. <laughs> I am the Eggman. I that's, am the walrus. That's a, that's a weird song. I, I really like it. It's just weird, you know? This is when they were in sort of their weird phase. This is when Bob Dylan introduced them to pot. No, I have no idea. I'm kidding. What would you say about Bob Dylan and what? And pot, because Bob Dylan gave them pot to begin with. Bob, he Bob did, Dylan, actually. He did. <laughs> Bob Dylan was their dealer. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. And, and do you think, like, when they were smoking it, John, John was like, <laughs> it's funny but you know um, like this was sort of this is sort of more their psychedelic age like blue we, jay way yeah i mean hello goodbye. goodbye that's a good track hello goodbye strawberry fields forever i like that one strawberry fields forever <laughs> do you know what strawberry fields forever is about it's about drugs no it's about the orphanage in liverpool Oh, so you know more than I do. This is great. <laughs> I actually have a book that explains like all the reasons, all the reasons of all the origins of the Beatles songs. Oh, that's awesome. I wish I could. I wish I, I got to get that. Um, I should have used that. No, I'm not going to go up and get it now. I have to go up three flights of stairs. So I'm, I don't feel like it. Bill, you're fine. Um, all you need is love is on here. All you need is love. Come on. You know, it's funny. Paul McCartney, I, saw, I watched an interview on YouTube that Paul McCartney did. He talked about um, it was in the 80s, though. He someone asked him, I said, hey, was it, hey, what do you think the overlying Beatles message is for humanity? Because at the time they were all broken up, John Lennon had been shot. And you know what he said? He said that the message, the best message that the Beatles could give was all you need is love. And like, not, 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 not like the hippie way of like the oh, peace and love, man, peace and love. Like, not like that. But like, all you need is love. When they performed that, you know, that was actually the first television broadcast that was broadcasted around the world. Yeah, I, I did know that. that. Good for me. Random facts with Bill. Random facts with Bill. Love it. This has been Random Facts with Bill. This um, has been Random Facts with Bill. Um, but anyway. Um, all you need is love, man. Yeah, this was the first one. Yeah, but this was the television that was broadcasted around the world. Yeah, it's a great song. I love it. It is a good song. There's a rendition of it that actually is like someone did a cover version of it. There's nothing you knew that can't be done. And there's, there's someone did a cover of it. I forget who it was. Someone did a cover of it. And they did. Um, it was a really nice cover of it. Uh, I forget, I think the guy whose name is Grayson Matthews. He did a cover of "All You Need Is Love," and I thought it was really great. Uh, person, it was not the Beatles per se, but it was just a cover that he did, really good. So let's go back to no, not Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, what's the one I can't think of? Sergeant Pepper. No, 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 no. Uh, the White Album because we're going forward. Remember? Oh yeah. Well, well, did we talk enough about Sergeant Pepper? Or? Do you want to talk more about it? Yeah, just a little bit. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like this album is very freaking weird. But yeah. it's like a circus. 
It's like circus music is the best way to describe it. Yeah, I'd say so. The benefits of Mr. Kite. There's going to be a show tonight. Yeah, I heard, we heard that song live when McCartney played it. I remember that. It's such a weird... I, I remember sitting there like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Lucy you know? in the Sky with Diamonds. We all know what that LSD, is. LSD, drugs. You know, when the 50th, 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper came up in 2017, there's a lot of people talking about the, the masterpiece that it is, but how critics panned it at first, but now it became like widely regarded as one of the best albums of all time. Critics don't always know what the fuck they're talking about. Ain't that the truth, Bill? So, um, yeah. But yeah, this is like, you know, that opening track is absolutely amazing. Yeah. With a little help from my friends. Great song by Ringo. And then, of course, you have Lucy in the Sky. Yeah. And it's so funny with uh, Within Without You, we're getting better. Um, Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm bouncing all over the place right now. You're bouncing all over the place. Okay. Within with, okay. Like getting better. yeah, that kind of may explain some unsavory details about John Lennon's personal life. Yeah. You say, I used to be bad to my woman. I used, he used to beat her. Yeah. Not something you want to be singing about. No. Um, I do want to talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it when you're talking about the track listing. I got it. The last then, song um, of the album. Being the benefit. A Mr. Kite. There's gonna be. Have you ever seen what is it across the universe? I have not seen it. No. Um. They do a weird ass trippy version of that song. Which one? Being for the benefit. Okay. Within without you with George Harrison. You know that's that has sort of like the sitar, like Indian yeah. sort of. You know. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Because the Beatles went to India and George Harrison became very, became friends with Ravi Shankar and became very, um, very into Eastern mysticism. Yeah, that's when his life changed. (laughs) When I'm 64. Great track at weddings. (laughs) Just saying. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? <laughs> lovely Rita. Oh, that's a great song. I love that song. Ah, lovely Rita. Rita, it's so fun. Good morning. Good morning. Good track. Sometimes that's my alarm. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club and the reprise. We heard that live because he played that in the encore. Paul McCartney hey, played that in the Sergeant encore. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. We'd like to thank you once again. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I said, we're sorry, but it's time to go. And then we cannot go on. I, I'm actually, I'm really glad that we go back to this. Okay. A day in the life. A day in the life. I want to talk about this. Go ahead. A day in the life is my fourth or fifth favorite song of all time. Because uh, there's nothing, there's nothing like it ever since like since literally since like since then there's not been nothing like it 
And the fact that we heard it live when we saw Paul McCartney was nuts. Um, this song to me is it's a, a little bit of a political track, like the th- 4,000 holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. The 4,000 holes are like some people in like the British Parliament, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it says here. And the drug stuff, I'd love to turn you on, you know. And like woke up, fell out of bed, dragged a comb across my head. Like there's some other stuff. Like the lyric writing was perfect in my opinion, but the actual like the actual song itself, I think, is perfect. It's one of the few songs I call perfect. To be completely honest with you, That's a very I love, bold statement, my friend. It's like because there's again in the mid '60s, 1967, there was nothing like it, and there's still nothing like it to this day, and. I love it. That's why I love the song so much. I, uh, the last note is very iconic. That big E, dong, you know, that whole thing is fantastic. Everything from like. Oh, the BBC. The song became controversial for its supposed reference to drugs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, somebody smoking, I went into a dream. That's drug reference. But honestly, like that was also the 60s. Times were changing. Um, but um, yeah, uh, the Brits getting all oh my god, drugs in a song. No, sound orthodox. I think they all talk like that. I mean, come on, no, sound orthodox. Um, but yeah, like I think that this is a great song. I think this is one of the best, one of the Beatles' best songs, and that's a bold statement. And I think it's one of their best ones. I remember, um, I remember, um, yeah, when we did see Paul McCartney, he did, um. He, he did, did play people. this song, and then when that was done, he played a little bit of "Give Peace a Chance." That's right, because I'm from the by the Plastic Ono band. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that because I think when Paul McCartney does that, he does "Day in the Life" slash "Give Peace a Chance" for as his tribute to John Lennon. Yeah, and another song which we'll get to in a few in a bit is probably his tribute to George Harrison. Oh, but, um, of course. We'll get to that when we get to that. Um, yeah, but a day in the life. I love it. Because I've heard nothing like it since then. I heard the news today. Oh, boy. <laughs> about a lucky man who made the grade. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Sergeant Peppers. Okay. So, we talked about Magical Mystery Tour. Let's go to the uh, to the White Album. Which I have an original pressing of. Ooh, an original pressing. I have an original pressing of the Beatles' White Album. It is an iconic track. Uh, track album. I can't even talk tonight. Uh, I love this album, and uh, the opening track of "Back in the USSR" is great. I'm back in the USSR. And which you know is what's funny. Another story when we went to go see Paul McCartney. Yeah, he told the story. Goes, well, we were in um in that we played that song twice, and then you know one of my friends go, Paul, he's from the government. He's a big wig, and then he goes up to Paul McCartney. He goes, Paul. We listened to we learned English by listening to Beatles songs. <laughs> remember right. that? I remember, I remember him saying that live because yeah. We learned we learned English you, by listening to Beatles songs. If anyone if anyone has Lo- seen hey, Paul, love me do. If anyone goes to see Paul McCartney and me or Putin, if you're watching this, please don't kill me. My God. <laughs> uh, if you if you've learned if you if, I'm just shouting this out to any of you who are listening to us. Uh, if you've seen Paul McCartney live, and he, you know he tells a lot of stories live. 
uh, about his life, but his certain other stuff and it was wings, everything. Um, and it's a very interesting, he's a very exciting concert to go see, not just because of the music, but the stories as well. Like his Jimi Hendrix stuff was great too that night. Um, um, speaking of which, really quick about Sergeant Pepper and Jimi Hendrix. Did, remember what he said about Jimi Hendrix? A little bit, but go ahead. McCartney, I remember, I did not forget this when I saw him. It's like three or four years ago, too. McCartney said he saw Hendrix. They, they recorded Sergeant Pepper and it was released two to, It was released on June something, 20, 1967. Two days later, Jimi Hendrix had it re- rehearsed, recorded, and ready to go. And then they were all like, and then so he went with Pete Townsend, John Lennon, Eric Clapton, and they all went like to go check out this brand new guitarist, you know? And honestly, he said that Jimi Hendrix was like, <laughs> and then, but he, and then he said, quote, whoa, that was really cool, but he's out of tune because he, he, Jimi Hendrix got out of tune and um, it's crazy. Oh yeah, because I remember when we were um, at the show, he also played a little bit of um, "Foxy Lady." Foxy Lady. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, he like I said, if you have the chance to go see Paul McCartney while he's still alive, go see him. He he tells a lot of stories. If you're interested to find out about that stuff. Um. The- anyways, I just wanted to run that by that. So, anyways. Back in the USSR, dear Prudence, got to play. Class on you. Oh bloody, oh blada. Oh, because oh, I heard when um when that, that song too. was first written, John Lennon hated that song. Yeah, but then McCartney came out not too long ago and said he liked it though. On Howard Stern, I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm just telling you what I heard. That's all. So There's well, so because you know it, it's sort of like the t- the song the songwriting difference between John Lennon and Paul McCartney. John's yeah. is the more brooding sort of darker well paul's is the more you know yeah i mean but, yeah go ahead but um but yeah um well john is the more brooding gritty and out of the two of course john was the one that got more political yeah very much so yeah, but um, yeah. So, and they say that's a pesky of ska music. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wild Honey Pie. I don't think I've ever heard that song. I've listened to it. It's not bad. Mother Nature's Son. I think that song is very underrated. The continuing story of Bungalow Bill. Yeah, he. Um, I don't know. That, there's, there's a lot of weird songs. Hey, while well, my guitar gently weeps is on this album. That is probably one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's excellent. I love it. Look at you all, see the love. There's actually a um, and Eric Clapton actually guest on that plays on that guitar, plays guitar on that. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Because George, George Harrison and um, Eric Clapton were actually really good friends. Oh, I didn't know that. That's even cooler. <laughs> and they also 
we'll get to that in a second. But um, something else will come in a second too. And um, you know, Bl- Blackbird. Yeah, Blackbird's a great track too. Which was about the civil rights. Because if you remember when we were in um when we were at the concert, he was talking about what we saw, what was going on in Arkansas and other things. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, that was about like the civil rights movement. Right. Why don't we do it in the <laughs> I love that so why don't we do it in the road? That sounds like the most kinkiest thing ever. Did you there? I'm here. Sorry, I had to get up. Keep talking. But yeah, I think that song's okay. Why don't we do it in the road? But it's a little. It sounds a little kinky though, doesn't it, JT? It sounds very kinky. Why don't we do it <laughs> in, in the road? The road. Oh, oh, this was about monkeys? Oh, God. Oh, God. This was about monkeys? Okay, there's no kids watching, is there? No, you're fine. This is about monkeys having sex! Oh, my God. This is about monkey sex! That's crazy. Okay, McCartney wrote and sang, I will. Yep, and then the White Album has a lot of great tracks on it. Birthday. This is your birthday. Do 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 do. And uh, okay, this wasn't at the show we were at, but um, I think this was at the Barclays Center. Um, Paul McCartney was on stage. Like this next song is for everyone who's got a birthday today. Anyone got a birthday? And Jimmy Fallon was there. Oh, that was funny. And Jimmy Fallon goes, "Is that Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy, today's your birthday." Yeah. Today's your birthday. And then, and then he put Jimmy. This is for you. Do 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 do. But um, great song. Oh, Year Blues. I think that's very underrated. That's a good one. So um, Mother Mother's Nature's Son. Everybody's got everybody's got something to hide up except me and my monkeys. A great track. Uh, Sexy Saddy, of course. Um, also, Helter okay. Skelter. Okay, you know we can't talk about this album without getting to this. Helter Skelter, man. Oh, my God. Because a lot of them, this is credited for being the first heavy metal song. It really is. Um, If you think about it, if you think about it in terms of, like, songs that are, like, super heavy, like, guitar-driven, that's it started with this one. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It started with this one song, and so many other groups have covered it too. Uh, it's like it's early metal in a sense. Like, do, you, do you want me to love you? Da, do, do, do. It is such a great song. I just love the open. I'm gonna ride to the top of the. It's a crazy song. Okay, you know what? We can't talk about this without addressing the elephant in the room. Okay. About this song. And it's about, can you scroll up a little bit? That gentleman right there. Oh, yeah. We, we, we can't um, 
we can't discuss this album without this song without discussing Mr. Manson. Apparently this song was in, he named this thing he was going to kill people after a Helter Skelter. Yeah. And he actually wrote a whole interpretation of the White Album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can't really discuss this without talking about him. So we're going to make this very quick. Um, yeah, but that was the, yeah, but he wrote a whole interpretation of all the songs on the White Album. Yeah. Crazy. But, um, insane, dude. Anyway, but I actually really do think this is a great song. I think so too. I think it's great. It went over so live so well when we saw him. And of course, the end of that track. I got blisters in my fingers. Such a great song. Yeah. And also, Revolution. Yep. Honey Pie, Savory Truffle. There's Revolution 1, which I think is a good song, and then there's uh, Revolution 9, which a lot of people call the worst Beatles song ever. It's just like a bunch of car crashing going, number nine, number nine, number nine. But people go, it's art. No, it's, you know, that's not art. You know what it is? Tell me, Bill, what is it? It's crap. I don't blame you. It's so bad. Number nine. How would you feel? Just three out, just minutes of somebody going, number nine, number nine. All right, that's enough. <laughs> okay, you all get the point. Uh, I, I like the White Album quite a bit, uh, I, to be honest with you. Just to kind of wrap things up on the White Album. I think it's great. Oh, I think it's great, too. All right, let's see. So and then we're going to skip over Yellow Submarine because that wasn't really an album that they released. Let's go to Abbey Road. Oh, I, I would say... <laughs> Either this one or Sergeant Pepper's is probably my favorite Beatles album. Abbey Road is pretty good, man. And by the way, just to clear everything up about the whole Paul is not wearing shoes thing, he came out and said this not too long ago. It was just a hot day. He wanted to take his shoes off. There's nothing. Con- okay. Oh my God. There's nothing conspiracy theory wise about this damn album cover. Just because he doesn't have shoes on doesn't mean he's like, oh, it's like he's signaling the end. Shut the fuck up. A lot of people were saying that he's dead. Yeah, Paul's not dead. He's literally alive. He's not wearing shoes because it was hot out. God damn. Some people are like super like freaks. Like, well, I read somewhere lies. Where did you read it? Please give us the source and we will grade its accuracy. Was it dieheartbeatlesfan.net? You know, and I mean, like, come on, give me a break. Like, let her, let or her it was written by some fat guy who lives in his mother's basement. Yeah, literally, he's wearing no shoes because it was hot. JT, I found it on some weird website. But, Bill, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You have to understand, Bill, that clearly he's not wearing shoes because it was just hot out. Oh, yeah, I think it, he did it because he's dead. Well, Bill, he's not dead. Clearly, he's only 70. You pissed me off. Oh, I don't um, I'm sorry. Yeah, One of my you, favorite Beatles songs, Come Together. It's in my top 20, of all, top 10 of all time. Oh, my God. Love doom, this track. Doom, oh, top doom, 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 doom,
such a great song Aerosmith didn't cover that too now and how can we not talk about George Harrison with something in the way she moves oh this is probably one of my favorites too that's such a great and also great don't forget when we saw Paul McCartney he did this he did this with a um the ukulele, ukulele. he actually started that in um what was it in 2002 they did the uh, tribute concert for George Harrison with George Harrison's actual ukulele we saw yeah he goes you know uh if you go to George's house after dinner the ukuleles would come out and uh, I played yeah. the song for him in his last days I'm gonna play it for you it's a tribute to our beautiful friend and him and Eric Clapton played it together and yeah. this song is Frank Sinatra called this the greatest love song of all time it is great though you have to admit and even if you even if you don't like the Beatles, this is the one of their best songs. Like, um, here's the thing, ready? Yeah. Um, okay, when I was talking about um, this is a side tangent, how George Harrison and um Eric Clapton were good friends. Yeah. George Harrison actually wrote this song about his his wife who is soon to be wife at the time patty boyd correct and then a few years later you know the eric clapton song layla yes i do that song was about patty boyd oh i'm dead <laughs> really and then um and then patty boyd basically broke it off with george harrison and married eric clapton scumbag <laughs> but um but you know what i'll give credit to george that you know him and eric still remained good friends because i remember i watched an interview they said what's your um what's your what you think about uh eric Clapton? Was, oh we shared the same wife <laughs> <laughs> oh he's a good man <laughs> it was great dude love it love it love it um um maxwell but yeah, something, one of my favorite Beatles songs. Oh God, we're yeah. gonna make a top list at the end. This is gonna be tough. No, no, we're not gonna make a top list, don't oh, worry. Thank this God. Way too thank hard you. to do it. Yeah, picking your favorite Beatles song is like picking your favorite child. And neither of us have children, but still, you, you get the picture. It's tough, it's tough. I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say like, if, you, if you're like, like well, I, I would say that. I was, I was gonna say something a little bit different, but okay. What were you gonna say? I was like, pick, it's, it's like picking your favorite Beatles songs. Like, it's like picking out which girl you're going to date between like a selection of really three really hot girls. You're like, exactly. oh, wait, like one, two, and three. There's come together. There's a day in the life. And there's something. Holy crap. <laughs> you're like, what's you going really, on? Guys, if you want to see us pick our Beatles songs, let us know. But that's going to, you know, let's not do that. I don't want to give myself a stroke tonight. Oh, my God. You're not kidding. But anyway, um, Maxwell's Silver Hammer. You know what I find really just, it's a, it's a song about a freaking serial killer. You know that, right? I did not know that actually. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silverhammer went down on his head. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silverhammer. Now he is dead. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, that song, it, it's just so weird. It's just so happy and cheerful, but yet it's about, a guy killing people with a freaking hammer. Oh my god. 
Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So, oh, darling is after. Then Octopus's Garden. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Ringo started a great job with that. Uh, I'd like to be under the sea. Um, I I want you. She's so heavy. Oh, uh, well, that's a good one. It's a great song. Very underrated, though. It's very underrated. It's got it's seven minutes long, but I there's like fifteen words. I want you so bad. Oh my god! This yeah. I, I, I listen. I really really like this song, but at the same time, I can do that. I, if you cut it like four minutes shorter, I'm good. <laughs> no, I love long songs. I love I love the shape of songs. I love how they all are. But this one really could have been cut. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh my god. Anyways, I digress. Side two with probably the best Beatles song out there. Do, 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 do. Like um this song is just do, 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 do. I just I really do love this song. Here comes the sun. It's just it was written in Eric. Um, it was written in Eric Clapton's garden. Really? Yeah, I just read it up there. Really? <laughs> it's just such a simple song. But it was just such a simple song. But, you know, that's. I, when I'm in not the best mood, I always try to play that song because it's a very positive song it's like and you know what i think it kind of serves a purpose you know now over the past year that we've been going through with this terrible pandemic and i feel like the line the little darling the it's been a long cold lonely winter that part do, 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 do. yeah it's i think that serves a purpose now i and, agree my friend and also you know how we how things are now getting better how we're all vaccinated and yep. the little darling i feel the ice is slowly melting yeah i got you there but um it's just such a nice song it is. It, it's so simple too. Here comes the sun. Doo, 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 doo. It's yeah. Okay, so um, we got because and then and then we'll get to the medley. That's weird, which is interesting too. Because the world is round. That's yeah. all I know. Listen to Oh No Play Ludwig von Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. You know what? Quick side note, because I know we got a lot of other shit to get to, but. Did Yoko break up the Beatles? Yes or no? No. I think she was a cause, but I don't think she was the she was cause. Not the, she was not the reason. It's the truth. She's not. Well, Money there was a lot of other shit going on, too, around that. They, were, they weren't getting along. They're still friends with it. Financially, they didn't get along. Stuff like that, too. They weren't. Money broke them up. Time broke them up. Like, Paul McCartney had to what? sue to dismantle the partnership yeah unfortunately and like because one of the things is like in 1967 brian epps now you know we'll get to that in a minute but um the medley what do you think of the medley i think the medley is one of the best 
segues of songs on any album ever. Completely honest. I think it's one of the best segues of like, it starts off with You Never Gave Me My Money, which the funny story about all these little songs is that the, the, these songs um, are all... The interesting story about the Abbey Road medley is that the story, the thing was because they were going to have, uh, the, the Beatles had all these individual segments and George um, George Martin, their producer, said, hey, what if we just take all these little segments of songs, pieces of songs, and we mesh them all together symphonically with an orchestra, and they did that and history was made. That's George how they Martin, put, may he rest in peace. Um, yes, preach. They, that's how they did that. They did... Um, open with that, that whole track and, and it obviously ends with golden summers carry that weight and then the end so yeah but and then her man, her man yeah so love you make yeah that's how mccartney ends his shows now with carry that weight golden summers and all that stuff yeah and i remember beforehand he's like where are we going to wrap up we gotta go home oh that means you gotta go home <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's 16 minutes long, but it's you gotta carry that weight, carry that weight a long time. The medley, <laughs> it's 16 exciting. minutes, but it's fantastic. It's one of the best out endings in any album, any album ever. And and then she's a pretty nice girl, she's kind of uh, that's it. Um, you know, anyways. That's it for Abbey Road. Any other comments, my friend, for Abbey Road before we go? To, we've been going for an hour, just letting you know. Probably my favorite album from the Beatles. Uh, there's a lot that I, I really... There's so many good songs by the Beatles. It's a great, okay, it, it, now it, let's it, go to the, the last one for the yeah, Beatles. Let's not spend too much time on it. but we'll we still got a whole other band to talk about. I know, this sucks. <laughs> God, it, it's like you can't talk about them without writing a whole freaking doctoral thesis i know the ending we're gonna end at like 10 o'clock <laughs> hey i got no way to, okay we can make okay so let it be this was the last one yeah this is the this is the last beetle beatles album 12 albums good round number i love the title track to death uh, i think it's one of the best songs ever written or composed. oh me too me too i love that song let it be Especially when you see McCartney live and you, you hold it your candle, you know. <laughs> um, um, I like Across the Universe. I, I, I don't know the whole album off the top of my head, but like Across the Universe, I think is good. Let It Be, obviously, is iconic. Uh, um, I've got a feeling one after 909, The Long and Winding Road is a great track. I think that was the one that sort of like, that was about everything ending because it's they've gone through the long and winding road. Yeah, I think that song is really great. I like that one a lot. And this also coincided with the um, whatchamacallit, the um, the iconic rooftop concert. Yeah. And one after 909, I think is very underrated. Oh, it's a great song. One after 909. I said that actually, I said that today when I was at work. I was like, oh my god. Um, great track. Yeah. Um, any other comments for Let It Be, my friend? No, like I said, I love Let It Be. It's a great song. Look how different they got. Look at this. Ready? Yeah, you go from the clean cut mop tops to that. 
Uh, Matt Hamlin's in the chat where it says two of us is one of my favorite Beatles songs. Very underrated. It is very good. Yeah. You know what I think is a very underrated Beatles song? I'm going to go through this very quick. I think um, this is off the health album. It's called You're Going to Lose That Girl. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. You're going to lose that girl. And also this one, I don't think it's in a lot of treatment. Hey, Bulldog. Hey, Bulldog. Oh, great track. That was like an outtake that was related release. It was a great song. Oh, my God. You know that's you know the original name of the song was actually Hey Bullfrog. Really? Yeah, but Paul McCartney was just randomly barking during recording. I'm randomly barking. And they just changed, you know what? Let's just change it to Hey Bulldog. Yeah. Hey Bulldog. But oh God. this is again been random facts with Bill. Random facts with Bill. So, concluding thoughts about the Beatles, one of the greatest, if not the greatest band of all time. The one of the goats. <laughs> and you know, and like when they wrapped up, because there was, you know, at this time Brian Epstein died, there was financial problems. Yep. Um, because Paul McCartney wanted um Lee Eastman, who was Linda Eastman's father, to be their manager, but the rest of the group said no. Right after brian passed away and paul mccartney actually had to sue to dismantle the partnership because cap because the record company something with the record i'm not a lawyer i don't know everything but the record company that him and john started apple records they would if paul mccartney wrote that song wrote songs then that means john would even get a cut like we could talk about like all the solo careers but we have another band to get to so we have another band we have another band to get to another hour to spend some time with yeah so oh my god let's spend the night together, together. now, now I, need I need you more than, than ever i can't get transition? no satisfaction baby it, isn't that a great transition Oh, you did such a good job there. Ladies and gentlemen, we have shifted our conversation of this debate to the Rolling Stones. The <laughs> one of the best one of the best bands of all time. Oh yeah. Now the now the heat's going on. We're getting pretty rough. The heat is on, folks. The heat is fucking on. Let's go. We're, we're not crazy. messing around here, folks. We're not messing around. Oh my god. So here we go. <sighs> And oh my God, we, this is nuts. So <laughs> it's going to so, be another hour, folks. Get comfortable. Oh, get your beer, no. get your wine, get your liquor. If you don't drink, get a nice soda, get some water. Drink up, kids. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, I just want to say, before we get to the Rolling Stones, I just want to stop sharing my screen for a check. This portion of the show has been brought to you by us, uh, all of us at Teespring. They make great merchandise things, such as mugs. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. You can buy stuff in our description of this video and on our Spotify stream. Just want to let you know, here's a mug right now that I have of the Super View Show Movies Reviews Podcast. And one more thing I'd like to shout out to everyone. Uh, there's a lovely lady in my life, and her name is Molly. I'm going to shout out her. She is lucky enough to make this for me. Complete shameless plug for this. She did shameless plugs. Sh shout out to Molly for creating this amazing the super review show, movies, reviews, and podcasts. Uh, shout out to her. She did made this amazing design for me for our show here. Just want to shamelessly plug this. Just let you guys know about that. Um, then Molly, thank you so much. You are an amazing person. I will talk to you later on tonight, probably. 
We'll see. Anyways, back to the Rolling Stones. But this has been a random interruption from JC Mahoney. Now we're getting back to our regularly scheduled programming of the Rolling Stones. Shameless plugs. Love. This is a great night. <laughs> the Rolling Stones, Bill. The Rolling Stones. What a rolling mean? fucking stone. <laughs> oh, boy. This is now we've reached the tough part. Actually, no, the tough part's coming. But you're not kidding, dude. Mm -mm. JT, can you get no satisfaction? Uh, I can't get no satisfaction. You're you may right. have to give me shelter. But you know, Bill, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you get what you need. What you need. I have some sympathy for the devil, my friend. I have to admit that. Woo woo. Uh, I got have you met Jumping Jack Flash yet? He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> it's a gas 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 it's a <laughs> love it um get off my cloud, didn't Bill. know what gas 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 meant at first but when i first heard it i'm thinking wow mick jagger must have had some really bad indigestion when he wrote that song <laughs> oh god bill um get off my cloud bill and paint a black wire at it let's talk about some stones shall okay. we no more puns we got to get down to business this band has stood the test of time. Let's be real. They were first formed in 1962 in London, England, and they have been around the world time and time again for literally nearly 60 years next year. Hard to believe. Think there's going to be a big 60th anniversary tour? I would not be surprised, Bill. Like, I would really not be surprised. Oh, my God. Like... Honestly, they are like I saw them live once at MetLife MetLife Stadium, and they were amazing live. Like they were like the top two or three shows I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know who was also at that show? Matt Hemsley. Matt Hemsley. <laughs> Woo! Shout out to Matt Hemsley who was watching us live. Thank you so much. By the, the first no. time in like a thousand years. <laughs> God. Now, nah, man, um, we know you've been not, busy. We know you've been busy, dude. We just busting you chops. Let's not, um, not forget about let's not forget about brown sugar, tumbling dice, Angie, miss you, start me up. Come on, mixed emotions. Start me Love up, JP. I'll never stop. You stop. I'll never stop. Never stop. Never, never. Never, Start me up. Oh my God! Literally, this band is one of my favorite artists of all time they have stood the test of time and they are truly a sight to be seen live um insane uh, absolutely insane they've released 30 studio albums 23 live albums and hundreds of completions mm -hmm. they're amazing mm -hmm. they are one of the best rock and roll bands out there one of the best blues based bands they have history in the blues world they have all this history because they actually started yeah you go ahead so i'll let bill talk <laughs> they actually started as a blues band playing covers of songs yeah. like bo diddley and muddy waters that's correct and they were actually um yeah that's how they started they were a blues cover band yeah and you know they started in london and you know once you think about it got to bring back that other band for a second the beatles 
they were yeah. they sort of st- started off think about it, they started off as like the anti beatles in a sense they were the bad boys of rock and roll because you know the beatles were the clean cut mop tops close harmonies nice innocent sounding while the rolling stones were a bunch of the rolling stones were a bunch of badasses they yeah, were a they bunch were of, you know they were a bunch of you know and if you, if you listen to the beginning sounds it's the beatles close your eyes and i'll kiss you and the rolling stones it's i can't get no satisfaction yeah and also fun fact the first top 10 hit they had was written by drum roll please john lennon and paul mccartney that's correct it's, i want to i want to be your man i want to be your lover baby hey, i, I want to be your man i want to be your man bow, 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 bow. i want to be your man tell me i don't care but oh yeah crazy stuff dude yeah i'll be honest i don't know if i know as much about the stones as they do about the beatles so this might be a little tough but that's why you're here um i love the stones i think they're one of the best bands ever oh i think they are too i like I, we're getting close to the end here <laughs> so like remember uh, in the end it's more the lo- okay you don't know no, we're in stones mode now but anyway we're in stones mode but um, anyway the rolling stones yeah yeah that's how they started they started as the anti-beatles yeah they were like all like about sexual stuff and it was all sexual especially mick jagger now swinging his hips walking five miles a night on stage you got the moves like jagger get the moves adam levine if you're watching don't sue me adam levine i dare you i don't have money for a lawyer i'm kidding but anyway so the beat the uh, the rolling stones they started out as a club band in england and once they came over to america they they were perceived as like the anti guys if you will like they were just perceived as like the different the complete opposite of the beatles they were like to be honest i i i i did a, i did a documentary on this like i actually shot a documentary and i made it two hours long whatever a while ago and basically the thing is the, the one of the pre, one of the people i interviewed he said that he who was alive during the time when they first came over he was like nine or ten um he said that oh my god he said the Beatles got what the Rolling Stones deserved as far as like when you think of bad boys and rock and roll, that's really the Rolling Stones. The Beatles were the nice guys. Those are his words. Uh, like and it's like the Beatles yeah. are the like for any parents out there who have young ladies, it's yeah. like the Beatles are the if the Beatles are the boy you want your daughter to date. The Rolling Stones are the boys you don't want your daughter to date. Yeah, the Rolling Stones are like the druggies, and the Beatles are like the cute guy next door. The Rolling Stones are like <laughs> the guys you want to keep your daughters locked away from. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. But listen, no offense to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, I'm sure they're probably decent guys. They're like the most successful songwriting team out there. So, in my opinion, next, the next level. But, um, but then the one that put them on the hit. I think that has like the most recognizable opening notes of any song. It's the riff heard around the world, my guy. 
that because you know when there's certain songs like you know another recognized open and not rolling stones but when you hear like journeys don't stop believing when you hear that dun 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 you know what it is when you hear dun 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 you know what's coming you know it's the rolling stones just saying um and they had so many hits in the 60s and into the 70s and even into the 80s let's not forget that we'll get that a little bit get off so, my cloud oh so good get off my cloud we had painted black we had under my thumb oh great under track thumb. Oh, girl. That, that that's basically nick jagger and keith richards writing a song about like a girl being a bitch basically under that? my thumb the sweetest pets in the world she's under my thumb like that's pretty aggressive you know, uh, I will say this about the Rolling Stones. They did. Yeah. They did. Like, here's the, like, they were willing. And I'm sorry, I keep going back to the Beatles here, but I think that's kind of the point of this show, isn't it? Um, of course it is. But, you know, I will say this about the Stones. They were willing to take the risk the Beatles weren't. And they took rock and roll to new other places. Too. I love the Beatles. I think there was a part where the Beatles were playing it a little too safe. Of course. In the beginning, like, you know, that was around the time, like Satisfaction was around the time when the Beatles were changing their sound. But for yep. the first couple of years, I think the Beatles played it a little too safe. Yeah, absolutely. And Rolling Stones were like, screw it, we're, we're doing this our way. We're doing this our way. But... Yeah, with the Rolling Stones, though, um, because during their, um, you know, like, this is when the edgier stuff, and they were just, like, getting hit after hit after hit. Yeah, once they found their, like, their bandwagon of doing stuff, they made it work. Like, let's spend the night together. Now I need you more than ever. Ruby Tuesday? Oh my God! Oh, Ruby Tuesday is probably my favorite Rolling Stone song. It's so good. Um, oh, it's and so it's good. also um, okay for and let's spend the night together. I'm sure you probably know this. They uh, they were going on. They were playing on Ed Sullivan. Yep, yep. Go ahead. And Ed Sullivan, because let's spend the night together and sends you know sex. messages. Yeah, and. Messages. And um, Ed was like, hey, guys, do you think you can change the words a little bit? So they changed it to let's spend some time together. Yeah, look how that went. <laughs> and then fine. Like, they weren't happy about it. Like, fine, fine, we'll do it. Yeah. And then that was a precedent for months later when the doors came on in Sullivan. Yeah. But that didn't go as well as it did with the Stones. As for those who don't know the story, quick version. Um, They were going to do the song. Um light my fire oh yeah come on baby light my fire. fire and that is kind of it was either drug or sexual reference and the guys from ed sullivan because there's the line of the song girl we couldn't get much higher they said guys can you change it to girl we couldn't get much better jim morrison like fine and then when he went on he goes girl we couldn't get much higher and then when that was over they said you'll never play sullivan again and he didn't have to because he died in 71. <laughs> Not making fun of his death, but. Of course. 
but yeah, but you know, like that's like with the stones, like they had to get their song changed. Yeah. They had to get their song changed. But um Yeah. Yeah, they had to get their song. They they had to change their song. And like that, they were the first one to do that too. Right. One of them. Yeah, and and once you get into like the later '60s stuff, like they did like a Sergeant Pepper ripoff, which is their Satanic Majesty's request. Oh, this was a Sergeant Pepper ripoff. It's called their Satanic Majesty's request. You want to see it? Sure. See what it kind of is once you think about it. They tried to be the Beatles in this case, which is kind of like they went away from that, and then eventually, like they just. Then they said they'll never go back to this album and stuff like that, which ironic because they played she, uh, she's a she's a rainbow when I saw them, which was pretty funny. Oh, that is a really good song. She and goes you know in also, colors everywhere. Yeah. You know who also really likes that song? Who? Matt Hemsley. He he heard it live too, man. In, in colors everywhere. She combs her hair. That is a very Not underrated rainbow. song. Love that one. I heard that it live. A very underrated song. It's actually very good. Um, anyways, let's go to the late 60s into the 70s with the Stones. So and I'll, I'll try and make it quick for you. Um, the Rolling Stones, after they released an album called Beggar's Banquet, which right after Jumpin' Jack Flash reaches number one, another number one for the Stones, right? Um, Beggar's Banquet had Sympathy for the Devil, which reached number, I think it reached number one, actually. Um, Rolling Stones released another album. In the, after Beggar's Banquet was... I think was Sticky Fingers. No, Let It Bleed, which had Give Me Shelter, which had You Can't Always Go To. Well, Let It Bleed might be one of my favorite Stones albums. Um, Let It Bleed had, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Give Me Shelter. It had, I got to find the track listing. Give Me Shelter. It had uh, Let It Bleed, the title track, Midnight Rambler, Monkey Man, and You Can't Always Get What You Want. A fantastic album, in my opinion. That is a, a great like, Literally a fantastic album. Yeah, you can't always get what you want. It's such a great song. Um, it was honestly like amazing. Like I love this album. Um, I love this song. It's in my. It's actually my nineteenth favorite song of all time. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get always get what you want. And it's so the song's so true though. You know. Um. Anyways. They and they did uh, let it bleed. Then they did sticky fingers. This is after like this is like oh the Stones are making it even further. They're entering the seventies. Oh, they're not gonna make it to the eighties. Well, the sticky <laughs> fingers they released. <laughs> no, you said to the we're 80s. not there yet. Okay, not yet. Sticky fingers released was released with uh, brown sugar on it. It had uh, wild wild horses is a fantastic song. Uh, wild horses. What other songs are on this one? Uh, Wild Horses. Can't you hear me knocking? Is a great track. Uh, Moonlight Mile. I know. When I, um, Matt talked about this with me at one point. Sway is a great track. Uh, uh, Bitch is a great track. I got the blues. It's a great. It's a fantastic album. It's honestly one of my favorite albums of theirs. Right, like right up there with Let It Bleed. Uh, anyways, after Sticky Fingers, that was 1971. 1973 was Goat's Head Soup. Uh, or 72, I forgot. Hold on one sec. Goat's Head Soup, which had another uh, number one hit for them with Angie. Angie, Angie, you know, that's one, yes, great song. 
and had do 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 heartbreaker and had um oh my god like talk about hit machine man dancing with mr d is a great song silver train where is it um uh angie of course star stars are great there's another good album uh was it um uh go ted soup is a great album then you go to after that you think oh the stones can't do it again it's only rock and roll but i like it it's only rock and roll but i like it yes i do but i like it i like it um they had a number one hit a number one hit on this album there's not too many good songs i mean there's a couple good songs on this album my oh, there's a, there's um, a version of the temptation song into proud to beg yep if you, you can't rock me is a good song it's only rock and roll but i like it reach number one on the billboard hot 100 actually uh dance little sister dance dance little sister dance that's a good song too uh i remember that one uh let's keep going so anyways they do they did goat's head soup then they did it's only rock and roll in 1973 or four sorry then they did black and blue then this is where the band started to have like a lot of trouble like Keith is fighting with Mick. They're disagreeing on a lot of stuff. They're not sure what's going on. They think, oh, well, we're not, maybe we're not fitting in. We're not right for this, blah, blah, blah. There's so many other groups that are doing other things. Like Springsteen was just coming out of the scene. Tom Petty was just, all these other artists were just bursting and making like record deals and stuff like that. Then Some Girls comes out in 1978. I had this conversation with someone earlier today. Some Girls comes out in 1978 and it's kind of like a disco record, man. They had the big hits on the album were as follows miss you come on uh when the uh <laughs> which by the way moves like jagger the maroon five song is literally a ripoff of that song just saying what, miss, miss you, you? respect it yeah like it sounds like like the whole like the, the way the notes are and stuff it's crazy miss you is a great track some girls title tracks are far away eyes respectable before they make me run beast of burden and shattered this is a great album i love this is a fantastic oh my god i like shattered a lot respectable's fun when the whip comes down just my imagination running it's a cover but it's still good lies is good and then they then okay and then after that has tattoo you which is features has start me up do, 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 do. 1981 this one comes out tattoo you was 1981 can you believe that oh absolutely like and also but look look at the track listing on this stuff start me up hang fire slave little tna black limousine there's not too many like big hits other than start me up this no that was their longest that was actually their longest number one hit it spent 13 weeks at number one I hate to prove you wrong, but it's not. It wasn't a number one hit. Yeah, it was. It reached number two. Oh, it did. See, look, look right there. The longest. No, I'm looking at something right now. Number Hold two. On, let me, number two. Let me, let me, okay. See, sorry. Hate the British. Oh, maybe bubble. it was in the UK. Maybe it was in the UK. Or Might have been the UK. Uh, UK singles was number seven. I'm. Just, I'm uh, okay, maybe I'm reading something wrong. Okay, my apologies. Yeah, I hate to burst your bubble, there, buddy. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Actually, no, I forgot to mention uh, a 1980 album, which I have on vinyl. But I have a lot of other stuff on vinyl. There's another album there. It's called uh, Emotional Rescue, which I love a lot. The title track's really fun to drive to. It's like they're jabbing like a disco. 
Uh, she's so cold is on here. She, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, and she's so cold. That was before Start Me Up. Emotional Rescue's on this album. They got not much. There's a lot of filler. I hate to say it like that, but it's just the truth. Like there's some songs here that are just weren't big hits. Um, but Emotional Rescue and She's So Cold are great songs. Uh, All About You is a good track too. Um, then we go to, and then we did Tattoo You. Uh, then they had a lot of trouble in the eighties. They were having like trouble with people corporate wise in the eighties, but uh, then Mick Jagger, they, they almost broke up. It actually in the mid late eighties, they almost broke up and cause they released uh dirty work, uh, which was had the track. And then we had calling out around the world. Are you ready for a brand new beat? Um, yeah, like that music video is so freaking weird. Yeah, it's weird. That's okay. And anyways, we let it out. So, anyways, uh, anyways, so they really they team up with Bowie. They almost, they almost got um, what do you call it? The Rolling Stones almost broke up at this point in the mid eighties. But then once they released uh, Steel Wheels, which had the number one, then the number five in nineteen eighty nine, the Rolling Stones are still charting. With mixed emotions, which charted at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1989, my dad remembers being in high school and like, oh, the Stones are back on the radio. Because <laughs> who would have thought the Rolling Stones had a huge hit in 1989, close to the 90s, set them up to success again. Uh, this is actually a good album. I like "Sad, Sad, Sad's good. Rocking a hard place, slipping away is a really great track. Um, they played slipping away when you saw them actually. Um, and then as they continued to go, they kept going. With us, Voodoo Lounge. I want to touch on that. Bill, now we're entering the 90s with the Stones. You ready? The 90s were here. So here's the deal with the um, Voodoo Lounge album. I like this album a lot, actually. I'm going to show you guys. The Voodoo Lounge album is honestly amazing. Like, I love, I really do love this album in its entirety, believe it or not. This song, uh, this album is fantastic in my opinion. It's a lot more harder edge guitar from the stones. It's a lot of more bluesy. There's some great songs on this album. If you haven't checked out voodoo lounge from the nineties guys, I recommend you check it out. It's a great album. Love is strong. A lot of harder edge guitar songs from the stones. Love is strong. You got me rocking sparks will fly. Uh, um, the worst new faces is probably the weakest track. Moon is up probably the weakest track out of the tears is a great ballad. I go wild, another hard hitting song, brand new cards. Okay, sweethearts together is cute. It's kind of like sweethearts together. We now we've only just begun. It's a great song. Stuck on the jugular, blinded by the rain was a great song. Oh my god, uh, through and through and mean that. This is actually a really fun album. I gotta tell you the truth, this album is so fun. I like this one a lot. It's more. I mean, it's not like it's not like seventies or eight. It's not say sixties or seventies stones, but it's really good stuff. If you if you haven't checked out. Voodoo Lounge. I do recommend Voodoo Lounge to anyone who's looking to find other Rolling Stones tracks that they might like. Uh, it is a great, great, great album. I like it a lot. Uh, and then they did uh, their next album was ba- Bridges to Babylon, which was mixed reviews. Uh, and then they just kept touring. They didn't release a new, didn't release any new material until like 2005. But they did reach. Um, they did. They became like a big touring band at this point in the mid in the 2000s, 2010s. 
like they just became like the biggest band and the one of the biggest bands on the planet still, which is crazy. Uh, they're working. They are. They are working on a new album. They're featuring Jimmy Page on a new song, uh, which from Led Zeppelin. And honestly, it's amazing. I the fact that they're still going at this. Look at this photo. They're still going. Charlie Watts, the drummer, is literally eighty. This is crazy. The Rolling Stones are still going at. 60 plus i can't believe i'm saying this 60 years on how old is keith richards he is i think he is hold on one second keith richards is as of right now he stands at 77. because there's a joke about that my friend makes when we have to we have to protect the planet because if we don't what kind of earth are we going to leave for keith richards that's so bad that's such a bad joke. Oh my god. Not a bad joke. It's a funny joke, but it's bad. <laughs> um, oh my god. Oh yeah, because that guy because that guy's gonna be because what what type of planet are we gonna leave for Keith Richards and Betty White? Oh my god, Betty White, Jesus Christ. God bless her. <laughs> but anyway, um Yeah. And look, Charlie Watts is 80, dude. Whoa, he's, he's 80 and he's still rocking. He's the drummer and he's 80 dude he's 80. mick jagger is like 78 i think he's 77. An ugly guy i love him sir he's... mick jagger oh excuse me sir mick jagger uh anyways and keith richards doesn't live too far from here actually you know he lives in connecticut oh keith richards lives in connecticut like near ridgefield road trip <laughs> like not even... it's a 40 minute 50 minute drive whatever um I've, I've, I, not that I've looked it up. <laughs> Sign my guitar, Keith Richards. Uh, look, so anyways, that's pretty much the Stones, guys. They're yeah, sorry blue. we didn't. Um, yeah, sorry we didn't give you a whole doctoral thesis like we did with the Beatles. But if no, we did I, that, we'll be here all night. Yeah, we would be here all night. I just wanted to let you guys know about this. They are like, he. This band is amazing. They've done a lot of great things as well. They've done so. I saw them on the No Filter tour. Uh, a couple of years back before COVID hit, and it has just been amazing. They are, without a question of a doubt, a, an amazing live act as well. Their performance live is incredible. And they are one of the best bands ever. So I, that's the very brief condensed version of the Rolling Stones. But like here's, home. Yeah, because like here's the thing. Like I said, they kind of started off as like, again, the anti-Beatles. Yeah. And okay, now we go into our final thoughts where we have to make a very, very difficult choice. Bill, I don't think we're ready for this tonight. Okay, good night. No, you're funny. Okay. Uh, so or we can list top five songs of each band. No, we're not doing that with me here. Stop. It's so Stones for me, that would be easy. Beatles would be more difficult. Same for me, but Actually, harder for both, to be honest with you. All right, kids. We've reached, we've reached that part of the show for the ending discussion. Who will come out on top tonight, Bill? Okay. If you could, okay. okay, look, we're, we're going to break it down like this, though. Oh, God. You're going to guess, no, 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 you're going to be, you're going to pick your choice and you're going to back it up with not three, but two reasons why you think that this, whatever band you pick is the better choice in okay. your eyes, in your opinion. Go ahead. So okay. list off your 
your your favorite between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Oh I want to say this may be a more difficult choice for JT, but this choice is slightly easier for me. I'm gonna have to go with the lads from Liverpool. I've got to go with the Beatles. Like, and here are my reasons. Okay. Okay. I have maybe more than two, but we'll see where that goes. The one, and this is just kind of a surface level thing. Um, I've kind of listened more to, it's not that I hate the Rolling Stones. No, of course. It's just that I probably have listened to more Beatles than I've had the Stones. Totally fine. And I know that sounds a little generic, but, you know. How dare you? No, I'm kidding. I, I've listened to more Beatles songs than I have Stone songs. And I think, and like, listen, and I still like the Stones, I do. But if you, if you ask me which one I would rather listen to, I would say the Beatles. And I think their songs are a little more memorable, but you know, the Stones have satisfaction. They have, but, and they also have, um, and they also have Give Me Shelter, which is one of my favorite songs. But you know, I feel like the Beatles songs are more memorable. And like, here's the one in total, like, and here's the one I'll say, the Beatles knew when to pack it in. The Stones just never quit. And like, I think you necessarily need to quit, but the Beatles, when they did that concert on the roof, they said, thank you. We hope we pass the audition. That's how they went out. But overall, because I find Beatles songs more memorable, I've I've seen both Paul McCartney and Ringo in concert. Um, and like I said, I have nothing but love for the Stones. Um, you know, I would still jam out to Satisfaction or Gimme Shelter or Start Me Up. But, you know, and I feel like, again, Beatles songs are just a little more sentimental to me. And I do. And... But you know what? The Beatles did start everything. Think about it. If the Beatles didn't come to America, would we have the Rolling Stones? Would we have Led Zeppelin? We have the Who, the Kinks. Would we have the Who? Would we have the Kinks? Would we have the Animals? Would we have Herman's Hermits? Would we have Gary and the Pacemakers? Would we have any of those bands? Tammy, you just raised a really good point. <laughs> Would we have any of those bands if the Beatles if the Beatles didn't come here? Like, think about this. Think about it this way. If it wasn't for the Beatles, there probably nobody would heard of the Stones or Zeppelin or any of those bands we just mentioned. Wow. And I think that they're the ones that started it. And I will and I will say the Stones ran with a torch and did fantastic. But at the end of the day, if you would make me choose, I would have to say the Beatles. All right, JT, it's over to you, my friend. So after everything you just said, and after our very long heated debate tonight <laughs> of figuring out what is, who is the better group of the two? 
Oh no, no, I should say who's better. Just who's, in your in my eyes, who's better? And you yeah, this is it. not a guys, this is all subjective. This is not like we have the final say. No. Yeah. No. So if you, I just want to say to our viewers, if you like the Beatles better, great. If you like the Stones better, awesome. It's all up. It's at the end of the day, we're just two loud mouths with microphones giving our opinions. That's the truth. And <laughs> what um, matters is what you folks think. Yes. Like, yeah. we're not telling you what to think. At the end of the day, it's up to you. So, JT, go ahead. Okay. So, I'm going to narrow my answer by, I'm going to narrow my down my answer by like going through a funnel, if you will. I'm going to try and figure out how to narrow it down. So, I'm going to start my answer by saying this both are great, both are fantastic. Absolutely. Both are timeless. Uh, both have both, regardless of how long each group has lasted, they both all their songs have lasted a long time. Like, like as far as like generational passing along. Well, absolutely. So if you were to ask me who is better, I could not answer that to that because they're both so great on so many different levels. Again, this is not about who's better. It's about which one we prefer. Right. So my, in my personal opinion of the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones, the age-old debate in the classic rock world, the Rolling Stones are still going strong today. I did see them in 2019, and they were a, astonishing life. They were still great. Mick Jagger swung his hips. Keith Richards kind of sat there. and not sat there. He stand there, stood there and just played his guitar. They rocked the house. They rocked MetLife Stadium to the core. At the same time, they are still going strong after 60, nearly 60 years next year. And they're still touring. They're still doing great. And they're still doing amazing things. They're still putting out music today. They're releasing old albums and re-releases and stuff like that. People are know who the Stones are for a long time. But it, listen, I hate to interject here. But how dare you? No, I'm gonna go ahead. But you can't like I can see what you're getting at, but you can't really blame that on the Beatles. List. You know, two of them are dead, so I mean, like, like in like logistical reasons, there's two dead Beatles. <laughs> like you can't yeah, really if you're gonna go logistic, two of them are no longer risk. <laughs> yeah, so John George, we miss you. We do RIP to JL and GH. Um, seriously, but in reality, the so I'm going to steal Bill's thunder for a second. Bill said something just now that I thought was very key. If the Beatles did not come over to the United States, and I have other things to back this up. If the Beatles did not come over to the, to the United States, we would probably not have gotten the Stones. We would probably not have gotten the Kinks, the Who, Jerry and the Pacemakers, the Dave Clark Five, all these other groups and stuff like that, right? Like Cream, Eric Clapton wouldn't have come over. All these other artists. Who would not have entered the uh, even artists today who are pop artists come to the United States because oh the Beatles did it why can't I and cheering anyone? Um, so anyways they started that they were the first group to ever play a stadium and pack it in. They were the first artists ever to experiment with the forty five minutes on a vinyl. They were the first artists true artists who really explored the medium of music and explored the artistic nature of it. There are, they are four guys who literally changed. I said this in the beginning of our podcast tonight, they changed the world 
in seven years. The Rolling Stones have done a lot of great things. The Rolling Stones have changed the world over several decades, like literally five or six decades they've changed the world. But the Beatles changed the world forever in, in just, just seven years. In just seven years. So, and look, I love Mick Jagger. I love watching a good band play. I love watching them. They were amazing live. I love listening to Sat Satisfaction is my 10th favorite song of all time. Wild Horses is a great track. You, there's so many hits on the Stone side. And there's so many great songs and hits on the Beatles side. But if you, if to answer the question, the age question for me personally, which group has done more and changed the world for the better? To me personally, the answer is the Beatles. The Beatles to me is my answer because the Beatles didn't just look, the Stones have done so many great things, but the Beatles, Drake got compared to the Beatles not too long ago because he broke one of their records for like charting, whatever. Like we are comparing stuff to the Beatles still. We're not really comparing it to the Stones because the Stones are still around. The Beatles were a timeless group of people, four guys in a band. And they thoroughly changed the world. And what more could you say from John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr? Who would have thought that this club band from England would have just changed the world the way they did? Because Who would have thought? not too many people know this. Um, when the Beatles, I think when they auditioned for Delta Records, I think it was. Okay. They basically told them that they weren't going to get anywhere. Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> they were like, Katara music is on its way out. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they basically told John, Paul, George, and Ringo that they weren't getting it. Oh, I, I don't know. Was Pete, maybe Pete Best was still the drummer at the time. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But, but they basically probably. told the Beatles, you ain't going anywhere. You guys and, are screwed. And, and boy, and, were they wrong. And look what happened. Again, like you said, JT, they took the world by storm and in seven years and listen it's again you know again i have nothing but respect but love and respect for the rolling stones me too nothing but love and respect for them but i but it's like you said it's like the beatles changed music in just such a short amount of time they did while the stones still got to work at it and like listen they I don't think they necessarily still got to work at it, like, but they took longer yeah. to, to cement their place in rock and roll history. Yeah. And we, we didn't really talk about this thoroughly when we talked about the Stones, but the Beatles, not the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Stones, like their first two albums were a lot of blues covers. They really had to start composing themselves on their own songs to make themselves a name. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the Beatles too had to do some covers as well. Well, they started, but at least they wrote, you know, but they did write their own songs. So, but, um, yeah. And, and like, listen, um, yeah, but, you know, personally, me, I prefer the Beatles. Again, not that I dislike the Stones, but like, I will say I like the Stones, but I think I kind of respect them more than I like them, if that makes sense. No, I got you. Not again, not that I dislike them, but, yeah, but the Beatles to me are I would prefer. And listen, um, and you know what? There's always been this talk that the Beatles and the Stones were like rivals. 
in reality, they were good friends. Yeah, Paul McCartney, Keith Richards, and Mick Jagger. Paul McCartney's still really good friends with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards because if you remember the Paul McCartney concert, oh, there was talk that we were like big rivals and we hated each other. Oh, no, no, Keith, Mick are good friends of mine. All that talk about us being rivals, it was all fake news. Exactly. And the whole place just cracked up. Yeah, that was funny. But, um, at the, um, (laughs) but at the, um, but yeah, but at the end of the day with me, I'm going to say the Beatles and JT, you're going to say the Beatles as well. You said, I'm going to say the Beatles. And look, that's a really close neck and neck to be completely honest with you. Because the, I love the Stones. The Stones have done a lot of great stuff. And they, they really did. They really worked hard to stay together for as long as they have. They're one of the big the testament of time. But like, let's be real, the Beatles music just kept going. And like, like I, 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 before we wrap up today, the last thing I'm going to say is their message of love is in their music it's because it's so, so uplifting so positive all you need is love guys all you need is love it's just the truth. I th- and this is from our dear friend matt hemsley i think the beatles did more than the rolling stones they were great as both a pop and a rock band and experimented with more genre. matt 100 percent agree because you know i don't know if you would say this but like what genres did the stones really experiment with at the end of the day I mean, they they did a lot, but like not no not in comparison to the Beatles, not as much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So we both picked the Beatles, and guys, listen. Again, all subjective. This is a hard conversation to have. All subjective, and listen. Again, it's more important what you guys think. Uh, absolutely true. If you again, if you like the Beatles better, awesome. If you like the Stones better, great. If you if you like both of them, wonderful. If you like both, wonderful. But damn, this was a tough one. This was really hard to do. And I gotta tell you guys, and I want to thank everyone for everyone listening and watching this. This is a big debate. We were we we thought about this ahead of time. We said we said going into this, how are we gonna do this? <laughs> Let's be real. No, we we were gonna ask some. Uh, we asked some folks, some friends of ours, if they wanted to join us tonight, but they were they were busy, a little preoccupied. But that's okay. It's okay. But um, yeah, because it's like we were gonna do this as the first this or that, but we're like, you know what? Let's save this. Yes, good call, Bill. <laughs> and I think that was you who said that. Oh, that's right. Good job, JT. Proud of myself. Yeah, but you were like, you know what? Let's save this because this is the big one. Yeah, and and, and thank you everyone for sticking around for as long as you did. And this, you guys are amazing. We're so happy. And I just want to say thank you again. I, I, this was a very hard topic to do, but we did it. And uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this discussion, guys. Thank you so much for listening and watching. You're amazing. You guys are fantastic, great group. Just another shameless plug, I want to say. If you haven't already checked out our merchandise store, there is a link for the in the description of this video so you guys can check it out. Um, we have mugs, we have t-shirts. Check us out. We have plenty of shirts here. Buy a thanks COVID shirt so I can give it to Bill. You know, uh, <laughs> I movies, remember I get half I get the money from that. You do. My movies reviewed podcast, check us out. You guys are great. And, and also, I think you have a podcast too. I do have a Yes, check out the Sports Insanity podcast. We are on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And also, big news, we have actually just merged and joined a network we started called the Sports Insanity Network. We are doing po- 
we are oh, we are check out check out the Sports Insanity Network with our show, Sports Insanity Podcast. Um, also our hockey show, Breakaway Bandits. Joe Wiley, I know you would really enjoy that. And, oh, yeah. and our wrestling show, The Face Turn. So please check us out. Follow us on all the platforms. Yes, and if you haven't already, follow us. Follow the Superview Show on Twitter. We do yes. a lot of postings on Twitter. Please do. We and also check out my YouTube channel, Movie Hawks Productions. Yes, big plug for Movie Hawks Productions again. Thank you so much. And uh, Bill does a lot of great stuff on there. I do recommend you check him out too. He's he's puts a lot of effort in, and he does a good job. So thank you. And, one more shameless plug. I want to thank again my dear friend Molly, uh, who is now in my life. She actually made this for me, uh, and I'm sh shamelessly showing this. But shout out to you, Molly. Thank you so much for making this. This is amazing. Um, the Superview Show Movies Reviews Podcast, JT Money. Actually, but I'm not. I'm not JT Money. I'm actually the J Man, and He's I'm off to bed. <laughs> He's off to so, bed. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you everyone for so much for watching tonight and listening you guys are amazing hopefully you guys enjoyed this debate between the beatles and the rolling stones ultimately guys what you guys have to say jump down in the comment section below share this share this share this amazing content with everyone we love to see you guys at the same with this tell you guys your are amazing. friends tell, tell your, your friends, friends tell your cats tell your dogs that we are live every, and we'll be back next Wednesday as well with another episode of Mixed Bag. It won't be this or that. We'll, we'll have the topic for you guys coming soon. Check us out. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Stay have safe. Take care, guys. Good have night. a go. Have a go. And everyone will see you guys next week.